welcome to Evangel Church Online, a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love, and look more and more like him each day. Today, we're talking about your rest. you on a scale of one to five how rested you felt what would you answer one being basically depleted five being vibrant and full of life how are you feeling right now how rested are you feeling last week Lucas sent me a great video about spouses talking about one of the most volatile questions in marriage what is it you might ask how did you sleep now, some of you are wondering how that is a volatile question, and let me tell you, if you are not sure why that's a volatile question, you are the person in your marriage that does not have sleep issues. And we had such a good laugh about this video and about the sleep issues that have plagued our marriage since day one of an incredibly deep, like almost coma sleeper who makes machine gun noises in his sleep, married to an incredibly light sleeper, like a feather drops on the floor and wake up person. Rest is absolutely vital to every area of our life. If we aren't rested, everything else suffers. Our relationships, our productivity, our decision-making, it all changes for the worse. Rest is vital to who we were designed to be as human beings. Last week, we were looking at a dial check, taking a kind of sweeping look at our life. Are we being good stewards of this one wild and precious life that we've been given? And today we begin zeroing in on three different aspects of our life to ask, are we being good stewards of this one cross section? And we're gonna open that up today with our rest because rest is so vital to everything else that happens in our life. How are you doing with your rest? Well, let me remind you and remind myself because I'm not always the best person at doing rest well, but rest is God's idea. At the end of creation, after God made absolutely everything we can see and everything that we can't, God rested. In the middle of a life-threatening storm, Jesus took a nap. Even in the middle of his ministry, when he was asked to do more, to teach longer, to heal the sick, to meet the needs of crowds of desperate people, God himself, Jesus, stepped away to go and rest. Rest is God's idea, and he is the absolute perfect role model of it. Well, in the Ten Commandments, which is found in Deuteronomy 5, we have this command to rest. In fact, go ahead and flip open a Bible or pull out your smartphone. If you need a Bible, we would love to help you get one. So just head on over to myevangel.church forward slash Bible, and there's some links to app stores. There's a form to fill out if you would like a paper Bible. We would love to help you get a Bible. 
So in Deuteronomy chapter five, we see this fledgling nation that has been restored out of like captivity and bondage in Egypt. And God is giving them these 10 commandments. Well, of these 10 commandments, five of them are expounded upon by God. It's not just the thou shall not steal. It goes a little bit deeper than that. He enhances or gives some explanation to the command. But the command with the greatest detail of all of the 10 is this command in Deuteronomy 5, starting in verse 12, about this command to rest. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Stop. Take a day and set it aside to remember. Stop and take a day and put it as an offering to me. Keep it holy. The God of all creation knew that we would need this kind of reminder, this kind of rhythm in our lives. He knew that we would need rest. In Mark 2 verses 27 to 28, Jesus is healing somebody on the Sabbath day and he kind of gets confronted by it. And Jesus tells them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. It's an incredible thought that the Sabbath day, an entire day whose purpose is just for our rest was made for us. God, who designed the entire world and knows intricate details of how it should function properly, put this in our design at the beginning of creation, that there would be a day carved out for rest. Rest was designed for us. I love rest. I also am someone who feels incredibly guilty when I rest. I would love to hear from you. Are you somebody who can just like, do rest with no guilt, you're just easy going, or are you somebody that it takes intentionality to press pause and to rest? I really believe that there are so many lies that we need to overcome in order to become people who rest, who learn to rest, who understand the purpose of rest beyond just fun and relationship. I think there are so many lies we need to overcome to understand the heartbeat of heaven for us, for rest, for the restoration that's found in rest. I think that rest is actually an antidote to pride and self-occupation and selfish and independence. Rest was created for us because God knew that us as his creation would be prone to try to do all the things all the time, no matter how spent we feel. Rest was created for us because God knew that we would be tempted to take credit for his work and that we would need a tangible reminder that he is the author and the main character of the story and none of this 
is ours to take credit for. Rest was created because he knew that we would tie our identity to what we do and we would forget that our identity is not there. It's in whose we are. It's in the design of God Almighty putting his thumbprint on our lives. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, so that so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Let's pray and then we'll dig into this a bit deeper. So God, I thank you so much for this moment to pause to come before you and ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak truth. I do believe that, God, there are so many things that we've believed, these lies that we have traded as truth that keep us shackled and keep it so hard for us to rest. But I believe that you're a God of freedom. You're a God who brings those things that were in darkness into light, not to harm us, but that in seeing them, you can heal them. And so I pray that as we dig into your word and what you tell us about rest and the purpose and the heartbeat of heaven behind it, that you would free us. So Holy Spirit, would you speak? Would you allow just my own words just to float away? We need to hear your heart for us in your precious name. Amen. Well, as we established last week, we really want to live lives that are faithful and obedient. And if you haven't watched that yet, if you haven't watched our first part of the stewardship video, go and watch that after. But we want to live lives that are surrendered. And rest is absolutely, for me personally, the most difficult act of obedience and surrender that I have ever been asked to do. I am a doer. That's just my makeup. I always have been. I really love a challenge. I actually really love that feeling of being stretched when you step into the unknown or you step into something that feels greater than your capacity or abilities. I love that feeling. I am also a filler of holes. I hate holes. And so if I have the skill set and the um, even slight margin to fill a hole, I will likely do that. Not good. In fact, it's really often very, very bad, but that's just my default tendency. If you have that default tendency, please put it in the comments so I don't feel all alone. I would, and if I'm still honest, I still do uh, spiritually justify my busy. I spiritually justify my tendency to fill holes, not because God's asked me to fill that hole, but because the hole is there and I hate holes. If I'm honest, I like to take my overstretched life and hold it up as an offering to God. And we use like scripture to justify our busy all the time. Right? Like if we're feeling like just completely depleted, we'll say things like, you know, God is the strength of my weakness. I'm just going to glory in it. I'm going to glory in this feeling of being depleted because he's going to step in. Or we'll spiritually justify it like it's for the kingdom. So it's okay if I'm killing myself because it's all good. It's for God. And here's the funny thing about that is when I was like really bad at rest, and I'm just marginally bad at it now because God's doing work in my life. But when I was really bad at doing rest, I would spiritually justify working seven days a week. I would spiritually justify the busy as being for God 
At the same time, I was blatantly disobeying him in his command to me to rest. That's a hard tension to live in. And God so graciously and so gently pursued me and brought correction and discipline to my life. And what God revealed about the lie that had kept me trapped, that had kept me um, away from the rest that he commanded was that I actually didn't trust him, that he could hold things together without me. Yes. That is embarrassing to say. That attitude of pride and arrogance that I had is absolutely embarrassing to have out on the internet right now. But I truly believed at the very core of my being, whether I had consciously uh, become aware of it or not, I believed that God Almighty needed my help, Lisa Mitchell, in order to keep all of the things that I was part of running. I believed that he couldn't do it without my help. And my lack of rest was a trust issue. In Isaiah 26, 3, we're told you will keep God, will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And I think that your reason for your rest or lack of rest would be different than mine because we're all unique in our struggles and brokenness and sin. But I can guarantee that if you have a hard time with rest, if you boil that down, there is a heart issue at the bottom. There's a heart issue at the core. Maybe it's a need to feel successful, or maybe like me, you feel like you just can't depend on God. Like if you stop, it's going to mean something fails. Maybe it's comparison that leaves you doing more than you really feel like you should, but you want to keep up with the Joneses. I don't know what your reason is, but I am certain that in an attitude of posture and humility, when we stop and allow the Holy Spirit to speak because we're not busy filling all of our waking hours with noise, that just like he did to me, that the Holy Spirit will be gracious and gentle to bring correction and reveal the lie that you've believed so that he can heal it and you can find this beautiful gift of rest. It's why rest is an antidote. In rest, we're making this declaration. We're saying that God is enough, that we do trust him to hold all things together when we step back. Rest is an antidote because in it, we're saying that we're wholly dependent on him, that we'll be obedient first. It's a declaration of trust. It's saying my identity isn't wrapped up in what I do. My identity is wrapped up in being a child of God, of looking more and more like you every day, Jesus. Michaela White, who is the president of the International Network of Children's Ministers, wrote this um, this spring. More is transformed when our pace follows him. In his kingdom, a willingness to stop creates opportunity for growth that lasts. A willingness to stop creates opportunity for growth that lasts. There is life found in obedience every time. We learn so much of God in ourselves when we are obedient to pause, 
when we choose a posture of trust over independence, when we choose a posture of humility and limitations over one of striving for belonging affirmation and a posture of arrogance and pride. There is so much life that's found in rest because rest is obedience. It was designed for us. It's how we were meant to operate. How the one who knit us together, who, who knows absolutely everything about us, how he created us to work best. We find life in rest because it's a declaration of trust in who God is. But Sabbath goes even beyond our rest. Sabbath goes to our restoration. What most of us are longing for is a spiritual recharge, perhaps without even being able to articulate it. We yearn for a rest that goes far deeper than what a walk or nap could fix, and naps are magical in my life. We fight a weariness that has seeped to the very core of our being, that kind of weariness cannot be fixed in the warm waters of a bubble bath. It can only be fixed in a posture of surrender to our creator. A spirit deep weariness requires rest that goes spirit deep. A rest that hurts sometimes because it's a rest of purification and removing the ill-fitting things from our lives. I love how God talks about Sabbath. The way that God defines rest and the way that we define rest are often very, very different things. How we define rest is often situated in temporal things. Have a nap, go for a hike, watch a movie, have coffee with a friend. The rest that God offers us, though, talks about our healing. It's meant to make us holy, to make us more and more like him. In Exodus 31, verses 12 and 13, is God's reiterating the Ten Commandments to Moses. The Lord says, say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come. So you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Observe this rest so that you will know who I am. Observe this rest so that you will be purified and restored in my presence. The rest that we're offered is so different than any list you'll find in any magazine or on any Pinterest page because it's a lie-shattering, purpose-filled, spirit-renewing rest. The rest that Jesus offers us is a weapon. Rest is not just about rejuvenation, it's about our restoration. It's setting time aside intentionally for God to strengthen what needs to be strengthened, to purify what needs to be purified, to tear down and build up according to what he sees in our life. That kind of rest is holy and hard work. Rest is tearing down the idols of distraction so that the voice of the Holy Spirit is amplified. Rest is sitting in the peace and presence and love of Jesus so that we're reminded that our relationship with him isn't dependent on anything we do. We are his beloved just by being, just because he created us. And that allows us to live and lead out of a place of identity and health and wholeness. When we rest, everything we do, everything that we believe about ourselves will flow out of that place 
And when we are restored, what flows out is going to be healthy and life-giving and good. Because don't forget, we are people on mission and we have a path set before us. We've been handed these bags of gold to either invest or bury. Our lives are one wild and precious life. All of the people and possessions that enter it, every single one is an opportunity to invest or to squander. And if we're not rested, what's going to flow out of us is going to be murky, death-filled, pride-filled, selfish ambition-filled, self-protection-filled water. We are people on mission and we have a purpose set before us. But God knew that we would also be tempted. We would be people who are tempted with pride. We are people who would be tempted with comparison. We would be people who are tempted with selfishness. And to keep us on the path of purpose and a path of relationship that he has for us, he calls us to the holy work of rest and restoration so that everything we do flows out of our identity rooted in him. So that everything we do flows out of the strength and the life that we find when we abide in him. Rest allows us to be restored so that what we pour out is life-giving, sweet water. In Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, Jesus calls us. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We have made tired and weary synonymous, but they aren't. I can be tired after a hard day of work, even with a spirit that is filled to the brim with purpose. <laughs> even as I remain completely abiding in Jesus, I can be tired, but I can't be weary. Weary is the check engine light of our spirits. Weary warns us that we've got to that red zone on the dial. Rest will not fix weary. Restoration will. Rest fixes tired. Keeping the command of Jesus to observe the Sabbath day as he whispers to honor our own limitations. Rest will fix tired. It will breathe life and energy into tired, but weary won't be fixed by one day off a week. Weary won't be fixed by a week-long vacation. Weary will only be fixed when our great physician does the surgery of unveiling the lies that we've bought as truth. Weary will only be fixed when we allow him to come in and show us the places where we're doing more than he's asked us to, where we have pulled away and allow him to graft us back into the vine. Weary can't be fixed in rest. It can only be fixed in restoration. The restoration of obedience to the call of Jesus to come. To come before him. To wait on him. To sit in that life-giving presence of a God who loves you.
as he does the deep work of examining your spirit, of removing what needs to be removed, of bringing what was in the darkness to light, of speaking purpose and truth over those places and breathing again the breath of life into you. We fight a weariness that has seeped to the very core of our being. That kind of weariness cannot be fixed in the warm waters of a bubble bath. It can only be fixed in a posture of surrender to our creator. A spirit deep weariness requires rest that goes spirit deep. A rest that hurts sometimes because it's a rest, a purification and removing the ill-fitting things from our life. That is the work of restoration. Friends, we've been given the command to rest, to pause for Sabbath because it's God's very best for you. It was created as a gift from the one who understands how you work best and how I work best. And it is also so very, very difficult because we also have a very real enemy who wants to destroy us. And he doesn't want us to have what's God's best for us. He wants to distract and distort the biblical rest that God has offered us. And so he starts to twist and to speak these lies that become our truth. You know what would be better than spending time in silence? Because that's just boring. You know what you should do? You should watch this new Netflix show or listen to this new podcast or go for coffee with a friend. You don't need to address what's actually happening spirit deep within you. Just numb it. Just leave it for another day. Just, just, just distract yourself. You can't rest. There's just so much to be done. Now you see all of the people who depend on you. You are going to let all of those people down. If you don't say yes right now, this minute, don't you dare sit down. You can't rest. Who will do that thing if you don't do it? Don't you care about your responsibilities? This is a good thing. And if you stop tending to it, it's going to die. You can't rest. Look at them. They don't need rest. Look how productive they are. If you ever want to measure up to them, you need to push through this moment. And if you don't measure up to them, who even are you? You can't rest. And slowly those lies that we're being fed become the truths that we buy into and the shackles that keep us bound. But the voice of the Holy Spirit is stronger and louder than any lie if we'll pause to listen to him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The Sabbath was made for man. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. In vain, you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, but he grants sleep to those he loves. You must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come, so that you may know I'm the Lord who makes you holy. Come and rest. Come and remember who I am. Come and remember who you are, my beloved. You have nothing to earn. Come, let me restore you. Come. How are you stewarding your rest and your restoration? It's an invitation 
It's a gift. It was made for you by a God who loves you and knows with intricate detail how you will function best. So this year, let's allow the Holy Spirit to help us do the holy work of rest. Let's be intentional to come to Jesus and allow him to search us and to restore us. This year, let's choose to take that bag of gold that we have been handed by the master. And before we do anything else with it, invest it back into our relationship and our proximity with the one who gives us rest and restores our soul. Because everything else that we do Everything else we've been handed, every other investment is going to flow out of this. So I have homework for you. I want you to find some time this week, hopefully today, like what would be great, what I would love for you is if you pause this, go put on some instrumental music, no lyrics that can distract you. If you just wanna go out into the woods with like nature music, that is the sound of, of birds chirping or the ocean, whatever that is, it's great. But would you just find a quiet place, just you and God, and just say, the God I've come, you've promised me rest and you've promised to be the one who restores my soul, so here I am. And if you feel like that's gonna be like really, really stretching, put on a timer for two to five minutes and just sit and wait. And we have a very real enemy who is going to try to distract you with everything in his might. And so, you know, the Bible tells us is we can take every thought captive. So as that to-do list pops into your brain or that, did you remember to take out the chicken for supper? You're just gonna take that thought captive, and tuck it in your pocket for when that timer goes off later. And remind yourself, nope, right now I'm here to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Right now I'm here to rest in the presence of Jesus and choose with intention to sit and allow God to love you. Sit with intention and allow the Holy Spirit to speak the truth over the lies you've believed. And sit with an intention and allow God to restore what needs to be restored, to heal what needs to be healed, to remove what needs to be removed. Let's do the holy and hard work of choosing rest. Let me pray for us. So God, I thank you that you have given us this beautiful gift of rest. Forgive us for the times where we have been blatantly disobedient, where we have squandered the gift that you've given us. But we come to you as people who desperately need it, who are dealing with soul-deep weariness. And we ask that you would bring to light those things we've believed and agreed to in darkness. That you would quicken our spirit to remind us when we need to just sit in proximity with you, that your voice would be louder than all others. And as we do, would you bring rest to our souls and restoration 
We love you. You are so gracious to us. In your precious name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, if you are watching this before January 15th, I want to invite you to our nights of prayer happening here at Evangel Church, January 15th, 16th, and 17th at 7 o'clock p.m. every evening. Each one will have a different focus, but it's an intentional time to come together corporately to do just what we have been talking about today. To lift up the name of Jesus and to stay in proximity to him. Together to ask God to lay foundations for this year that all else would be built upon. And we would love to have you there as we do it in person. So thank you again, friends. If you want to find out anything else about Evangel Church, we would love for you to head over to our website, myevangel.church, and you can find absolutely everything there. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.